Well, howdy, y'all. If you're looking for a CBD-based product to help ease aches, pains, and inflammation in your body, look no further than Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream. Each bottle of Cosmetics Hemp Pain Cream is packed with 400 milligrams of their patented water-soluble CBD solution. Take care of that muscle soreness and those muscle aches by massaging cosmetic CBD pain cream straight into the muscle. It works. We do it in my house all the time, and it's a lifesaver. Be kind to your skin and your muscles, and go to Cosmedicated.com and place an order today. Use promo code SOS20 at checkout and get 20% off of your entire order. Sweet. Showtime. Welcome in, friends. South of Scruffy Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. I host this podcast, and I'm glad that you're here. Thanks for coming. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving. We had a small outdoor gathering at my house with my parents and brother and his family. Uh, We fried a turkey. We lived to tell about it. Total success in my book. Uh, On the show today, I got Bo Patton. You know Bo. Bo does what I do. He's in the uh, film, television, social, digital media making, movie making game. You know, he's uh, he's married to Charity Honeycutt, who was episode seven of this podcast back in February. And they're two of my favorite people around. I'm glad I got the second half of that couple in here. I'm, uh, I'm glad Bo got a chance to stop by. We had a really good time. So let's get to it. Here we go. Help me welcome Bo Patton. We're doing the podcast. Oh, is that how we're starting it? <laughs> Dude, we should uh, we should hang out more. Dude, we've been saying that for years, and it's finally happening. Look at it. We just had to have an excuse. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I still think that we need to, like, quote, unquote, make a podcast, and so we can have meetings every week and just tell Charity to be like, oh, yeah, no, we're making the podcast. She would get it. Oh, yeah. But no, then she'd be like, she'd look at my location, like we share locations. Yeah, she'd, she'd look at it and be like, why are you at Marie's right now? Yeah. <laughs> People having to listen to you sing karaoke tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude, oh. Charity was a great guest on the show. People dude, loved hers, man. I like. I'm married to the woman, and I learned things about her. Really? It was great. Oh, yeah, that's that was, good. Yeah, because that was that was a pretty early one too. Yeah, so. I think she was in the like number seven or something yeah. like that. Yeah, done one every week this year. This is that's awesome. Forty eight or something like dude, that. Dude, that's awesome. Pretty Congrats crazy. on that. Like, that's huge. That's been fun, man. Yeah. It's been a good time. It is a lot of work, but it's been a really good time. But I'm, I'm especially during the pandemic, I'm sure it was nice to like have conversations like this because Absolutely. Yeah. Being isolated like we we have been, especially like in our industry where it's just staring at a screen for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You get in, you can get into your own head and it's a bad spot. No doubt. A lot of yeah. people have come over and been like, Man, I really needed this. Like I really oh, needed yeah. to talk to somebody. Yeah. And fortunately, I think just by virtue of being able to do it safely and all that. Uh, I've not had to do any remote ones like phone, phone yeah. or uh, yeah. Zoom or anything like Which that. Which means you have this great quality audio. Yeah, thanks. I Sam. do. You know, yeah. Thank, thanks, Sam. <laughs> thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. <clears throat> I, do, I do. You know, some podcasts that I listen to, they've started to do the remote thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. I, I just I, there's I, a disconnect. There is a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. What what podcast do you listen to? Podcasts. Um, I listen to. Uh, I listen to Mark Marin a little mm-hmm. bit, not as much anymore. Yeah, he's 
He's uh he's, he's pretty a, political. He's an acquired taste as well. He is an acquired taste. But he did one with uh with Aaron Traplin that was really cool. Really? Uh the designer yeah, yeah. out of uh Portland. Dude, uh, Jody Collins did uh did a podcast with uh with Aaron Traplin. Jody Collins, I think. He's got a Ramblin a Ramblin' Man podcast. He's gotcha. a Knoxville guy. And he had Aaron Draplin on his podcast. I'm like, dude, that's a huge get. Wait, is is he is Jody Collins a photographer? Yeah, I think he does. He does bigger dude, but yeah, he's huge. Yeah, so he's the one that actually brought Draplin to Knoxville. Yeah, uh, I was. This was a, two weeks before my wedding, so June of twenty nineteen. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, he they arranged a thing, and he did one of his workshops. Really, uh, me and my buddy Brian went, and uh, we did both of the. He does like a a workshop where he actually shows like kind of some tricks that he does in mm. Illustrator, which he's done like. He's done, I think, like seven Skillshare classes now. What's that? Skillshare? Yeah. Uh, so it's a online, like. Is it like lynda.com? Yes, but far more creative. Where lynda.com mm. is like. That's how you use a program. Yeah, this is like, yeah. this is what this button does. This is yeah. what this button does. It's, you actually have designers. And I mean, it goes every from everything from like graphic design, photography to like. So it's like a master class. Master class, but it's only like 10 bucks a month. And you have Ooh. tens of thousands of classes ranging from art stuff to business management to like, I'm seriously everything. All, all the tools you need to be <laughs> a, an entrepreneur in a, exactly. or a maker creative space. Yeah, kind of person. exactly. And, that's uh, great. and so he's done a bunch of those, but anyway, Jody Collins, um, that's, I knew I recognized that name. Yeah. He, um, they linked up like in the early 2000s somehow and driving was like, Hey, I'm trying to find a place in the Southeast to do a class. And, uh, he was like, dude, come to Knoxville, we'll hook it up. You can stay with me and my family. And, uh, yeah, no, that's where I got to meet Aaron Drapp when it was dope. That's cool. Um, so he was on Marin's podcast. Yeah. He was on, uh, geez, I don't know when it was, but he, yeah. he did one and it was cool. Like they, he went like Draplin has a, uh, like his office in his backyard. Like he built a, like this nice shed back yeah. there. Like and, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it looked a lot similar. Um, <laughs> um, but he did, uh, he did it in there and, you know, Marin, he's just kind of off the cuff. And so he was literally like, they were just walking around his shop. Like, so he had all like his recording equipment was just holding the mic and walking around like, and uh, I'm seeing uh, a bunch of this and yeah. uh, here, you know, how Marin is. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, but yeah, dude, that's a, that's a good podcast. Yeah, it is. Um, I've listened to, I listened to the daily uh, the New York Times podcast, mm. which is just like stories. Yeah. But what's going on, the biggest biggest news of the day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I'll listen to Rogan if I know if I know somebody yeah. or if. Well, I mean, Jesus, if there's five a week, you're like, all right, I can miss dude, this one. I can miss this how one. How does that guy do it? He is, I mean, it's he's like an elite athlete of talking. Yes. <laughs> it's and people, ridiculous. people love it. People listen to it. Yeah. I mean, he, I guess like there's without a doubt, he has the most listens of a podcast ever. He has the most episodes of any podcast ever has to over 1500 already. Yeah. And then, and he's not been doing it as long as Marin has. No. Marin does two a week and yeah. he's in the 11 or 1200s and, and Rogan and Marin hit a thousand episodes right about the same time. And, yeah. and Rogan has like 300 more episodes and he yeah. does now. He puts out one almost every day. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And like the, the level of guests that he gets yeah. is insane. Elon Musk twice, twice, yeah. Mike Tyson twice, yeah. like 
Uh, Dave Chappelle was on there Dave Chappelle with uh, Darnell Rollins and then uh, Tom Green was on it this past weekend for the second time yeah and then Kanye West out of like they talked about it over a year ago yeah like that was like the Twitter like they posted a conversation from Twitter like over a year ago they finally did it and Kanye went off yeah he did (laughs) I I, I listened to that that was tough He's I a tough one for I, me. I couldn't make it through it. I've always had a problem listening to him. Dude, I, I'm a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Me too. Of I love, like, love his, his music. music. Uh, I, I, even a lot of his fashion, especially when he was with Nike. I had, I love the yeah. Easy Twos. He's a brilliant and dude. He, yeah, he's he is brilliant, but he is also one of those people that might be a little bit like too into his head or like, I don't know. It just it seems like he's, uh, he's just, uh, I don't know, he thinks too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Can't get out of his own way a little ex- bit. Yeah. That's but, the best way. That's a better way to put yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, in, but for me, in, anytime someone is a self-proclaimed genius, I just, I, I start to disconnect that's at that. A, you at get that a few point. points docked for that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do. Uh, but, the, but I think, you know, Marin specifically was one that made me want to do this. I oh, think yeah. and just because I, I think getting interesting stories out of people is, is fun. I think letting people tell their stories oh, yeah. is fun. And, and especially like people that you normally deal with on a day to day basis. Yeah. Cause like we, I mean, we've worked together for three, I guess since yeah. I was freelance. So it's almost, yeah, three years now. Yeah. And yeah, but, and we've never got to hang out. Yeah, I know. We've always talked about it, but Charity uh, thought we'd end up in jail. Uh, yeah. Which, hey, the night is young. <laughs> night is young. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't, uh, make it to any of your weddings. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. We had two too many damn weddings. <laughs> But no, dude, I honestly, like my best friend just got engaged yeah. and, uh, and they're like going through that whole process. And this is the first wedding I'm actually going to that it's like since my wedding, yeah. especially since so many got canceled. Sure. <clears throat> um, and so I'm just like, you know, she picked out her dress today and I, and I was like, we didn't do any of that. You didn't? Like, no, Charity didn't have like her mom and like her friends come down and they went dress shopping. Like she found a vintage Gucci suit on Poshmark for like 200 bucks and got it <laughs> tailored. And then, and so then we did that wedding, you know, with just friends and family, Yeah, like super small ceremony. And that was in town. That was, that was a, uh, shout out to Brad. That was in an antique store in the old city at Willow Creek. Brad? Uh, Brad, uh, um, Carpenter. Brad Carpenter, Brad Coleman. No, not Brad Coleman. (laughs) Brad Carpenter. uh, Yeah. Um, but he has a shop, uh, right across from Barley's called Willow Creek Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's just a really cool spot there that had like, cause so Brad goes to, or used to go to, uh, France, like three, four times a year. Okay. I, I don't know this dude. Goes to, there's, there's going to be a show about him. Yep. Remember? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry brought up a, a concept. We might have to take oh, this part yeah. out. Okay, it's a okay. little secret. Okay, okay. yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> he owns an antique shop, and that's where you guys did the yeah. And so he friends but, and family wedding. Yeah, and so he goes to he goes uh, to Europe like three or four times a year. He knows all. He has all these connections throughout the country, and he goes to estate sales at like flea markets, things like that, and just acquires antiques yeah. like of all sorts, like. That man has more doors than houses in Knoxville. Does he do he, salvage stuff like where he goes and tears tears like he mantles out of I houses? Th- I don't think he ever like tears it out, but if he finds them, he he yeah. just he packs a shipping container and then ships it back to to Knoxville, yeah. or like to the port in Charleston, drives it down here, 
And then him, and then he's got, I think, like three or four guys working for him. And they, some stuff, they just leave it be. And then other stuff, they kind of refinish it and redo it. What's and it called? Willow? Willow Creek Galleries. Okay. Uh, on West Jackson, across the street from Keffy and Barley's. Uh, that shop is amazing. It's a super yeah. old, like, just warehouse that was, I guess. Isn't the front of it like a loading dock? Yeah. 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 Um, I never have known what's gone on in there. Yeah. And then, like, Dude, just I go walked in there by walk one day. Really? Can you do that? Oh, yeah. I walked, I walked a lady by. walked through as we were getting married. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah, just tell us when y'all want to start the ceremony and uh, we'll close the doors. Didn't do that. Uh, Ding we were, dong. Like the 7-Eleven doorbell. And, 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 dude, <laughs> and dude, we were literally like in the middle of it. And like we were in the middle of getting married. Uh, it was just our parents, my brother and sister-in-law. And then we each had a best friend there. And it was like a super small, intimate ceremony. Everybody had champagne. Like we had champagne glasses sitting over there. And the lady, this lady just walks in and starts looking around. And like, she doesn't see like, oh, there's something going on here. I should probably step into yeah. the other room they have. No spatial awareness. And then she just, and she's like, oh, champagne. Just takes a glass no. of champagne. <laughs> We're like, hey, lady, it's yeah. it's like 10 a.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something going on in here. You might want to take a second. So what was your that that was one of the celebrations? That was the legal. That was the legal. That okay. legally married. I, so I I'd been in Europe a few times, been to Germany with a director I used to work with and mm-hmm. uh had been to a couple weddings with his family. And they did the same thing. They did like um they do like a civil ceremony that's mm-hmm. the legal part, and then they do the church thing with with all the family and the community yeah. present present their new son-in-law and, yeah. you know, to the community and all that. And, yeah. you know, then there's, no, we just reception. threw a, we threw a banger at Mill and Mine with oh, a 90s you? cover band. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's it sweet. Was, it was a Labor Day weekend. Uh, we did it on a Sunday. So it was like, we knew everybody would have, you know, get the day off cause we bought a lot of alcohol, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we did the, that one at Willow Creek uh, to be like legally married. Yeah. And just so like our parents could see, because we're both like technically only only children because mm-hmm. we have siblings that aren't around that are no well, no we have half siblings that are like 11 years older than yeah, us yeah. both of us <clears throat> and so and at the time my brother wasn't married um so it was like they never got to see like their their children get married yeah. so they wanted to see that yeah. and uh but no it was super cool and uh it was like we did that and then we went up to Pete's for for lunch oh know, cool and like yeah Everybody went up to Pete's in the Gucci off. Gucci pantsuit. In the in the Gucci pantsuit, she went to Pete's. I love it. And uh, but yeah, so then <clears throat> a few weeks later, we did like our honeymoon, which was just well, I say just it was two weeks in Europe that I like surprised her with, mm. like playing that whole deal, and we even worked it out to where one of Charity's best friends, Jenny, yeah, Jenny uh, Andrews, Jenny Andrews actually met us in uh, X. Uh, and surprised her. Met, met you where? In X A I X. It's a, a, a city in I'm not South France. Nearly cool enough to know about X. <clears throat> I wasn't either. And Jenny told me. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so we went from Paris to the south of France, and then finished in Mallorca, Spain. But while we were in south of France, we went. We we were like, all right, we're going to do a ceremony for just us. Mm. Like do the like, vows thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, um, I'll get a photographer there. I, I know somebody that has a connection. Uh, and so we had no idea where we were going to do it, but, uh, the makeup artist there for charity was like, Oh yeah, go this way. Like you'll find them cause they're everywhere. And so, um, but anyway, we went to the market 
to get flowers. Charity wanted to make her own bouquet. And so we went to the market and surprise and Jenny and her mom were just sitting there. No like, way. Yeah. And, it's like, and you knew. Oh and yeah. Charity yeah, didn't. yeah. Yeah. Charity didn't. And so she was super, super surprised by that. And then, um, she came back with us, uh, got ready and everything. And then we did some photos at the place we were staying. Then we started driving. And the thing about South of France is, you know, it's real nice in, in the U S gas stations are open. All day, every day, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what happened. Mm-hmm. There are no gas stations open on Saturday or Sunday really? in the south of France. It seems like, especially not past like four o'clock. Oh, everything closes. Oh no! And so, uh, our car almost ran out of gas. I actually and like while we were searching for these things, we had to pull over. Jenny got us in her car, and then we drove around. Sun was going down. We're like, oh, we're we're never gonna find these. Uh, like Jenny took a wrong turn and we're like, we're never going to find these, uh, lavender fields. We're going to have to just pull off and do it in like a hay field or something like that. And as soon as those words left our mouth, we took over this hill. And then as far as you could see was just blooming lavender. Really? It was amazing. It was like, it like brought a tear to your eye. Really? Oh dude, it was amazing. It smelled delicious. Oh my God. It was like... (laughs) It's so funny, never smelling like real lavender before. And then you smell like the most legit lavender yeah. that is grown on earth. It's life changing. And we found like, if you search la- like Provence lavender fields, mm-hmm. th- there's like, are there, here are the nine top lavender fields. And number one, what? and number one is this one that has just a single tree in it. Just a single tree that's super tall. In the tall, middle of a bunch in, of lavender? In the middle of a lavender field. And wouldn't you know it, that's the one we just fell into. Yeah. Like, and so there was actually another couple there getting married. Uh, they, were, they were right at that that tree, but we were able to like kind of work around each other. And then we we're like, and you know, Jenny, she's she's like, if she wants to get a shot, yeah, she's going to get the shot, get and she she doesn't care who she pisses off. She'll apologize later. She's like, I'm sorry, I was just trying to get the shot. Yeah. She literally has to tell this bride who doesn't speak very good English, like. Hey, you all have been here for like an hour. We need to get one shot. And the bride was like, I understand, but I can't move because this dress is actually like somehow like pinned to the ground in a certain way. And Jenny goes, that's fine. Just squat down. I'll hide you with a bride. And so literally like in our wedding photos, you can kind of see people the, back the other there. other brides train yeah. behind charity. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that yeah. I mean, stumbling on the on the uh, number one lavender field in France sounds like the most Jenny Andrews and Charity Honeycutt thing. And you I could was ever just do. along for the ride. Were you? Yeah, because so I, I I planned that whole thing without Charity really knowing. Um, I, I I guess she didn't know any specifics. She was because we'd always talked about like running away because charity was a wedding planner. She's seen yeah. every wedding and yeah. it makes her sick now, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so she wanted something different. And, uh, and so I was like, well, here, don't worry about a thing then. Cause like, I'll Let take, me take care, care yeah, of I'll it. take care of all this. Uh, we have a great, uh, travel agent that just knows everything about everything. She has connections that I would never be able to acquire that get you into special places, things like that. And so I was like, Hey, Here's what we want to do. Here's where we want to go. What do you recommend? And I mean, she literally made it so easy. Shout out to Alex, uh, Alexander Stockton on, All right. on the Instagrams. Yeah. She is amazing. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was an eventful year. <laughs> I bet. It sounds yeah. like it took all year. Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> Cause then, so we got married 
June 13th was the first wedding uh, in at Willow Creek. And then uh, June 28th, we did like the lavender field. And then September 1st, we did the party. Oh, good. Which was like, out. yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was just like, uh, that was the thing for all of our friends and family just to have a celebration. Yeah, we had food. Tr- we had food trucks as catering. It's cool. Then we had uh, uh, Caleb Boaz's '90s cover band, Teen Spirit, play. Yeah, and dude, that was the coolest thing. Uh, they brought me up on stage to sing uh, "Say It Ain't So" mm. with them, and then uh, Weezer. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, whenever um, we like wanted to thank everybody, mm-hmm. and Charity. Granted, me, she told this story on uh, on her episode where she gave me the bronze shoe. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then, so once she gave me that, me and my best friends played uh, "Honeybee" by uh, Tom Petty. Oh, nice! For, yeah, that's great. That was a lot of fun. You guys have been building a lot of business since uh, since this time last dude, year, dude. It it's is. nuts to watch how much. I mean, even since Charity was here earlier this year, I mean. You guys are blowing up, man. Dude, it, got employees and, and yeah. I mean, hell, I'm giving you a little bit of credit here. I know it's all charity. <laughs> Seriously, it is. That is, she is the hardest working human I've ever I met. I have seen that at, it, it, at firsthand. Hand, yeah, yeah. and uh, that I mean, that is literally that is one of the most attractive things about her. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, that and the physique's not bad either. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that and in uh, her attitude, dude. Like to to yeah. always be. It's infectious, man. When when you're um, when you're always always see the bright side of things. Oh yeah, that's why you know she's been so successful. Oh, a, a thousand percent. Because like she was a D one athlete. She ran track yeah. in the SEC mm-hmm. at UT, and I am in video production. Like <laughs> I like those two don't go together. You right. know, like I I'm much more the like, hey babe, we should probably like chill and just like hang out. Like let's take a day. And she's like, no, we gotta. And I'm yeah. like, actually, that's probably a better, like, we actually do probably need to work. Cause if it was up to me, we would just like hang out all the time. It'd be super lazy. And like, so having her in my life is something I've always needed to have somebody be like, Hey, do something. Like yeah. <laughs> you can't just sit in front of the computer all day. Yeah. I've, uh, there have been multiple times when I've not been jealous of, of you guys working a 12 or 14 hour day on set with us and then going back to the to the warehouse, warehouse to yeah. unload the, unload the truck and then load it up for the next 6 a.m. call time well, the see, next morning. Yeah, that it's an unbelievable work ethic. I man. mean, you you and I we've been to war together almost. Like it's <laughs> like that Anderson Tough Text job. Yeah, like, the it was Shaw job. The Shaw job. Like yeah. it, it it was just. I mean, it would be 18 hour days, and yeah. by after everything's wrapped up, it'd be consecutive 18 hour days. Yeah, and that just runs you into the ground. But it, but it was one of those things. Like at the end result, it was like looks pretty damn it, good. It was worth it. Oh yeah, dude. We in I I can't remember. If me and, and we Charity. all came together. Oh man, <laughs> like that made us. I think that's where you and I start saying we should hang out more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we did that that month. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's that was seeing the whole marketplace come together. That's one of the proudest things. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the, the proudest jobs I've ever yeah. you know, been a part of just because of the undertaking that yeah. it was shout oh. out to Jack Parker for bringing that one our way. Yeah. Uh, but dude, we installed flooring 
on top of flooring. On top of, on top floor, of flooring. Yeah, five layers of so flooring. So that we could peel it back. So we could shoot the one flooring, peel it back, shoot oh the next my. flooring. And all the furniture and couches have to come off of it and everything in between. Yeah. It's a nuts, man. Well, no, that's in like, we always make the joke, we're glorified movers. Yeah. You know, like, cause, yeah. but like we make it look damn good. Mm-hmm. Cause like if I, you know, I can, I can style a throw blanket like with the best. Of if it. your name's not Bo, don't touch the throw. And that's the new that's the new term. Like nobody. <laughs> that's what I need to change my uh, my Instagram bio. To yeah. that. Oh, dude, you've got your own like uh, honeybee uh, husband. Yeah, the honeybee husband. Uh, that's where I post like all the the crazy things I have I I do to like help charity's business because yeah. it's all like it's never the same thing. Like we're never you can't like plan out a week really right with her because like. Sometimes it's cleaning at the our Airbnb, the Fremont Place. Yeah, uh, on Instagram, if you want, if whenever is that what it's called, the Fremont yeah. Place? Fremont Place on Instagram. I think cool. fifteen twenty Fremont Place. Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah like sometimes we gotta uh, clean that. But then also that's a hundred and twenty year old house, so things break a lot. Yeah, and so I remember when you guys were remodeling that place. Which time? <laughs> right after you bought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, it's always something we. Right at the beginning of, uh, of the pandemic, we, we were like, let's get out of downtown because downtown just turned into a ghost town. It at, really did. At the beginning. It was nuts. And so- That's we, where people believed in COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you went to South Knoxville. Yeah. <laughs> went you to went the to Lowe's in South Knoxville. North Knoxville too. Yeah. But yeah. Out towards my parents' place, uh, the old rural king over there, it, it, they didn't yeah. skip a beat. Uh-uh. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we moved over over to, the, uh, to Fremont. At the beginning of the pandemic, and we started checking off things off the list, and uh, yeah, so that I think that's like the third time we d- had like a working stint on it, and yeah, but we're super happy with like where it's Good. at right now because it's finally turning into what we wanted it. It's a beautiful place, man, dude. Uh, yeah, y'all shot there not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great. Turned out awesome. Good. Well, what's crazy, dude, is that you? You know, like you said, you're helping charity build this build this business, uh, but you also have your own business <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's very prolific and keeps you very busy are you, like just freelance or are you talking about the gym uh freelance, freelance. i don't know about the gym oh you don't uh no. yeah so i opened uh opened a gym uh, i didn't know that yeah uh january of 2020 which was a great time to open up a business yeah dude um you, you start promoting concerts too while you're at it <laughs> hey we can whatever it takes uh but yeah no uh vate we're her uh, how do you spell that v i t a e okay. uh, vate oh, dot that. systems on instagram uh-huh. uh one of charity's oldest college friends matt norman who is a very good who has become a very very good friend of mine he actually played drums uh whenever we sang honeybee for wow. charity there at, you the, go. at the the wedding um but he um it was formerly m6 uh, training and his partner pulled out completely. Uh, and so him and I got together, uh, re-signed the lease under a new name, bought all the equipment we needed, rebranded the whole thing and just started, like went forward with the vision that we had instead of anybody else's vision. Where and is it? So it's off paper mill. Oh, okay. Um, I think, uh, I can't remember the, the exact location, but there's a kind of a small shop, like strip of like office but like space off paper mill it's right there um has it, it opened yet yeah no we've and uh we closed down for a w- little while but we're open and it's mainly focused on kind of like olympic weightlifting style oh, so gotcha. cleaning jerk snatch squats yeah. like but it's also about mobility longevity like not trying to kill yourself like ruin right. your joints all that it's about 
we uh we host a, a yoga class like once a week um just trying to keep people you know limber and feeling young but we uh we had three of our female like athletes there they went to the state comp like the state weightlift li- weightlifting competition i guess like a month ago in nashville mm-hmm. all three uh def- uh sets or Last year they set state records. Mm. This year they defended those state records, and all three of them took pl- uh, took first place. And wow! Yeah, dude, it was it was great. But it's like it's not about getting people ready for competitions. Mm-hmm. It's not like the gyms like that is one thing they do, but it's more about helping people have like a a real active lifestyle and feeling strong. Feeling a holistic good. approach. Exactly. To yeah. It's not just fitness. it's not just about like all right, you want to squat five hundred pounds. Get yeah. over here. Yeah. Do it. Isn't there a, an Olympic weightlifter from Halls? Uh, yeah, Wes Kitts. Wes yeah. Kitts, is that his name? Yeah. I went yeah. to high school with him. I he played baseball in with San Francisco or, or? Uh, somewhere in, in California. In, in California, yeah. Yeah. I, I've been in touch with uh, with a guy, Adam Weigren, who used to work at uh, who used to work at Design Sensory. And mm-hmm. uh, he's working on a documentary with him right now. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm following them and they're they're doing some really cool stuff. Yeah. No, Wes is a great guy. he played football at Austin P. Uh, I think he still has every single football record at our high school. Mm. Uh, shout out Red Devils. Yeah. Halls, baby. <laughs> Halls has it. Yeah. That was for you, Danielle Bonner, if you're listening. Yeah. Did she go to school with you too? You don't know that either. No, no. Dude, we don't know anything about each well, other. Well, no, we never hang out. Because we can't though. hang out. Yeah. Dang it, man. Because so, our wives are smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they know we're going to get into some trouble. <laughs> yeah, wait till we sneak out of this place and we go to Marie's today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Danielle and I, we, we met at, when we worked at Smoothie King. No way. Yeah. Dan, Danielle, uh, Danielle Bonner, she's got to come sit in that chair sometime. Wouldn't she be a hoot to talk to? Dude, she's hilarious. She's so funny. She's hilarious. You just got to listen. You got to be listening. Yeah. But dude, also her husband, Caleb. Yeah. Do you have, have you I haven't to, spent much time with Caleb. Dude, he is one of the funniest humans of all time. That's awesome. I mean, like, I mean, he's the lead singer in a nineties cover band. So yeah, you gotta have, have a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but no, dude, he's a great dude. And he, he'd be a great person to talk to too. I should and, probably holler at both of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. But See dude, if they'd uh, want to do it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, uh, I love both of them. Me too. But yeah, uh, Danielle and I, we worked at Smoothie King, uh, like our senior year of high school. In halls? Yeah. In halls. I guess it was like, more were you than, guys both in your awkward stage at that moment? Uh, I'm still coming out of that awkward <laughs> stage, but yeah, yeah. No, we'll see how, and Danielle, she, she hates to like, she hates when people bring this up. Like she, Danielle was like a pretty popular girl in high school. Like she really? was one of the popular girls in high yeah. school. And then I was just like some kid with a Justin Bieber bowl haircut that like, <laughs> like it awkwardly chubby and things like that. So it, we never really crossed paths, but she was always so like, we, but we worked together and that's how we became friends. And, yeah. um, but then yeah, years later, actually on the chat where the set where I met Charity, uh, at Discover at the time it was Scripps. I saw Danielle for the first time since Smoothie King. Since Smoothie King, so you're slinging those smoothies. Oh uh, yeah, dude, just slinging smoothies all over the place. Uh, God, that that place. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, so we reconnected there, and then shortly after that set, Charity and I started dating, and and her and Danielle were already friends, so we started uh, started hanging out. Put the whole band back together, man. Yeah, man. It's great. Get back to put, get the band back to the Smoothie Band back yeah, together. Yeah, exactly. Be great. Well, so what about like your your video stuff? When did you start working in in film, TV, all that? Um, so right out, so I went to the Art Institute in Nashville. Okay. Um, it was a, a strange place in an office building. 
off of off the interstate. But, like a little uh, private deal, yeah, private yeah. school well, certificate program, or yeah. I have I have a an actual diploma, like a piece of paper that yeah. I can turn into an airplane and throw it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, like the art institute, like they had the one in Chicago that has yeah. like the museum attached to it. So this is like a franchise gotcha. of it. Um, uh, yeah, it was in- interesting place. But um, so as soon as I graduated from there, I. Another guy I went to high school with, Alex Oliver, mm-hmm. had started a company when he was 17. Uh, at the time, it was called JAO Productions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was mainly into like the wakeboarding deal. Yeah. Because like, in Knoxville, we actually have a lot of boat manufacturers here. Like, yeah. Not, and not and Vaughn, or is it Vaughn? Vaughn or, yeah, yeah. Where I think Malibu's there. Mastercraft is there. Yeah. And then Malibu also owns Axis. Yeah, Supra's Axis. over there. Uh, sea Ray's over there. Like. And then also you have, I think, one or two up in Norris. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so he, he was connected to that, and he was making some really, really cool stuff while I was in college. And actually they were shooting that documentary, Voyage, mm. uh, where they locked up their phones for three weeks, got three boats, and just set sail down the river. And in three weeks, they went through 19 locks down the Tennessee River, all, Tom Bigby, all, Tom Bigby, all that into the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, so you go, for, I think, from the Tennessee to the Ohio, maybe, and then into the Mississippi, and then you go down. I think, I, I think I, that's right. They traveled a thousand miles in three by weeks boat. by boat. Shot camp, the whole thing. Camped out every single day. Lot, like nobody had phones. That's awesome. It was like a reset button. And super cool. They uh, made a kick-ass documentary. About really? It. And so right when I joined. They um they had just shot that they're getting to post production and mm. so I jumped in as an intern nice and basically just didn't leave <laughs> like, yeah I went there yeah I just I didn't leave because even after my um my like three month internship was up there wasn't like a place for me like there wasn't a position I could right. jump into I was like I'll just do another one like yeah I'm st- I'm like freelance shooting weddings on the side so I'm still making a little bit of money yeah. I was living with my, like I was 22, yeah, 22. I was still living with my parents. It's time to do it. It's time to work for free. Well, and see, but like the thing I loved about it was I've always like, since I guess I was a sophomore in high school, that's how I found video product. Like that's where I got really into video production and like digital art, I guess, like illustrator and graphic design, things like that. And, uh, ever since like I've, I've loved video production and I've, I don't know. I didn't want to go work at a like a corporate company doing like their marketing or anything like that. Like it yeah. was I wanted to you do wanted some, to work on cool stuff. Exactly. And yeah. so the first day I got on set or like the first set I was on with them, I learned more about video production than I did in all of my college yeah. experience. Yeah. I, I want to say that I learned ten percent of what I knew in film school. But, but and the see, other ninety percent I learned in the in First ten minutes, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Because- but and see, most of it in our field is the vocabulary. You need yeah. to know what people are talking about. Yeah, and I mean, I've learned a bunch of that from like you and Cody Walters, like of like the official like set jargon, like Abby yeah. Singer, Martini, like yeah. just like simple things like that. You know why all that stuff exists? Because of unions, and so oh, really, back, yeah. So when the film business was like a was like a, uh, a factory job yeah. in order to keep people who didn't, who, you know, scabs from just coming in and doing the work. 
they had to name everything something different. Really? Yeah. So like a a, a clothespin. Yeah. You know, is a C forty seven, yeah. and yeah. it's like that. That was the the bin that they kept it in was row C. You know, is, uh, column forty seven or something. That's the that's. The, is that really how that? That's happened? what I. That's that's what I learned I in school. That, okay, so it's so funny to talk about this because the way that I heard that was that they were trying to uh, like siphon money out of the budget. And they just put it like in miscellaneous C forty seven, and then like jack the price up. Yeah, that may that may be so, it. You know, who knows? This, it's, it's a game of telephone at some point. Yeah, but I'm fairly certain that that all of the you know the reason they don't call it an extension cord, they call it a, a stinger, stinger instead, yeah. is is so you had to know what that was. Gotcha. In order to be on a set. Yeah, that's that's so funny because I'm I'm one of my best friends. Uh, I'm trying to get him into production, mm-hmm. Gripping, and I was telling like we he helped us out last night. Um, and I was telling him, I was like, most of this is just learning the the jargon, mm-hmm. like the words for it, because yeah. nothing is what you say it is. And if you call the stinger an extension cord and you wrap it the wrong way, you will get crucified. Yeah. <laughs> People will light you on fire. Yeah. It, it's really easy to tell and, who's green and who's not. Well, and then also like, especially some grips, they like, they're waiting for somebody to screw up so they can, so they can come in and do it. Durfee's done it to me. Has he? Oh Yeah. He uh, uh, wrapping an extension cord. I, I did I was, at the time. I was doing the over under, mm-hmm. and Durfee literally. We were, we were up at Bristol. We were shooting that Bristol. Oh, yeah. Firemen don't run. <laughs> Dude, I tell that to everybody. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we were we were setting up a scene. I was helping charity with art department, and uh, Durfee was setting lights and everything. And uh, uh, Brent had the camera set up and like live monitored everything. And he was looking through, and they were having a conversation about the lights. And I was wrapping up an extension cord, and Durfee Larry goes, one second, I see somebody doing an over-under. And just made an example of me. And I was like, you dick. I've been, I've been with Durfee before, where there been, there's been a really eager green guy who's yeah. who's on set. And um, and uh, like, hey, can you grab us a sandbag? And, and and he's like, yeah, sure. You know, where where is it? And it's like, it's over there in that jockey box on the on the grip truck. And then, so we'll go over there, and, and Durfee's just standing there, just kind of watching, like, yeah. Oh no, that's not it. That's oh oh, this is getting good. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, hey, hey, no, guys, no. hey, hey, guys, guys, it's for real. Code blue, code blue. <laughs> <laughs> He's almost got it. Yeah. No, but yeah, all that stuff is 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 named something super weird. So you have to you, you got to know your know. you got to know your shit ah, to, to be there. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's I think it's a good gauge for experience. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like notches on a belt. Like, do you know this one? Do you yeah. know this? One? Yeah. I've I've I gripped with uh, Chris Durfee before. Oh yeah. And. Uh, and he was like, uh, can you grab me a, a triple riser beefy baby? That wasn't yeah. what it was. But I was yeah. like, yes, sir. Be right back. Get yeah. up there. And he's like, that's wrong. Yeah. That's not right. That's not, yeah. Yeah. That's not <laughs> There's a thousand things on that truck. Seriously. I made a good guess. And they all have really messed up names. The bull prick. The bull prick. Yeah, the bull prick. The, the butt plug. Like, the whippy dick. Whippy dick. Uh, yeah. Joey No Neck. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that one. Like, I mean, there's just- baby. Yeah. There's just some <laughs> weird shit on there. Yeah. And- I mean, it doesn't like they expect you to know it. Like they expect everybody to know it. Yeah, that, that's why I think that like people going to other markets and working other places is yeah. really good for us and for for us as as uh, production companies and creators here. Like we need people to go sharpen their skills and hone their skills oh, yeah. and learn new ways to do stuff yeah. in Atlanta and New York and, yeah. and 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 Nashville and work in bigger markets. It helps us. Yeah. Well, and especially just having a different set of eyes on things like sure. it, it always it just makes it feel like it has a fresh 
perspective, like, like I guess a fresh perspective always helps. Yes. Know? Yeah. And, and you can, you can sit around and get stale easily. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, now it's a little easier. You can watch YouTube and get lighting techniques and all that, but like, or Skillshare, like when, yeah, that's, that's exactly Skillshare that, yeah. In We're the skin. business, we call that a callback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I've noticed that with like, uh, Chris Durfee and, and, and Tad Howard, both, mm-hmm. you know, Gaffer and Key I mean, Grip that go to other. The goats. The, the goats. The Knoxville goats of, yeah. of gripping. Yeah, the, this generation for sure. And yeah. they, uh, and like you. And Manny. I love when they, <laughs> Manny Villegas. Oh, but dude. Whenever they go and work on a movie or something, they always come back with a new cool trick. Yeah. You know? I mean, and then also Tad, I mean, he worked on Nashville for, for a its, long, he was for a its, key its, rigging its, grip on Nashville yeah, for it, a long time. It's entirety. Time. I'm pretty yeah, sure. And then he the also, the show. at one point he owned like three massive jibs. Like techno cranes yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he's seen it all. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Durfee, he's worked all over the place too. And yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Manny, he's, Manny just knows everything as well. So it's like, it, yeah. that's, I always love like meeting new grips because they're just interesting people. Yeah. They, they've done it all. It, it never fails to have an interesting grip. And and in a lot of in a lot of cases they're the hardest working people on set. For you know? sure. I mean, it, physically for sure. Yeah. Till the cameras roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they go have a safety meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So you got so you got into the camera world and the and the editing kind of world. Yeah. Did you start on post production side? Not really. Uh they didn't trust me. Mm. to touch anything post-production wise. <laughs> um, no. So when I got into, we'll say film school, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, I want to be a part of everything around the production. And at the time I was like, I want to move to LA. Mm-hmm. I have a connection there for like a, a, an actual production company. I'll, you know, read scripts. I'll do whatever I need to do. Uh, but I want to be in like, you know, the feature filmmaking business. She wanted to learn everything around. Yeah. And so, but then I was also like, I want to be a part of all of it. So I want to be a producer, Mm. but you know, as an 18 year old kid in your first week of college, you like in film school, I'll say you learn that producers don't really get to do anything. Creative. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, when you see like Brad Pitt produced a movie or something like that, exactly. it's like, oh, well, he probably got to do something fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but a lot of times it is dealing with money and booking people. Scheduling and, and yeah, things like that. And yeah. so that's. Putting out fires. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. They're, they're like, every production is a puzzle. That's how Charity and I yeah. say it now. Like every production is a puzzle. It is. And you have to figure. You, and all, the puzzle doesn't have a picture. It's all just blank white pieces. Sure. And you have to just like, because there's no like way to yeah sort things like that but first ading for for a few years really got me in that mindset oh, of yeah. like of like okay this is this is a puzzle that we have to build yeah cuz <laughs> so you pretty much started in LA didn't you mhm that's wild yeah. how do you jump into that world in LA uh dude uh i knew somebody I was, I was working at network, like knowing yeah. people is how you get into this industry. I was taking acting classes at a place called the acting core mm-hmm. off Lancashire Boulevard in North Hollywood. And I was working at Subway. Word. Making how, how old were you? 19. 19. And where did you go to school? I went to the acting school was called the acting core. So, but, and that's what like, but I didn't go to film school until after LA. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. So I was 19. See, I don't know a lot about you because we can never hang yeah. out. So this is, this I'm glad we get to do this me now. Too. Yeah. yeah. And then I was, I was dating this, this uh, woman who had a friend. I met her in my acting class and, mm-hmm. and she had a friend who was an associate producer on a TV show called Mr. Romance. 
And uh, they hired a bunch of PAs from yeah. this program that's really awesome, a program called Streetlights. And it takes like inner city teenagers who mm-hmm. are, you know, about to get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and uh, teaches them, gets them on film sets and teaches them how to like, gives them a skill. Nice. And so they were hiring, you know, hundred bucks a day for 14 hour flat, yeah. you know, and, and they were hiring those guys and they got me on it too. So yeah. I was working with the streetlights kids mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, I, I, I guess I worked really hard and they, yeah. the production company noticed it. And then, so they hired me on staff right after that job ended. It was like a three week shoot. And then they hired me to be their staff production assistant after that. Nice. And I uh, ended up getting a production coordinator gig there and worked there till I was 20 something. And then it was like, man, I can't, I can't continue to live this hard, fast lifestyle Dude, out is. here as a kid, pretty yeah. much, you know? And then, so I moved back and I, and I, um, I was here for a little bit. And then went to film school after that because I was, I was like, I, I know that I like the business. I, I yeah. never felt the high like mm-hmm. I did being on set, yeah. being on a big set, making stuff move, moving this big ship in one yeah. direction and well, helping, you know, be a part of that. And then also being able to see like a final product mm-hmm. is a big like getting to see very that. gratifying because like my because uh, my friend that I'm getting into production, he works at uh, for like a Clayton Homes manufacturer right now, like in the mm-hmm. in the factory or like the assembly line. Yeah. And. And he was like, "Yeah, like it's it would be it's gonna be cool to see what we did today on TV because normally you see you know if you drive by a Clayton home you're normally not like I built that yeah but if you see a commercial or something yeah. you did on TV you're like hey I was on that yeah show. Like, it, it, it is it's very gratifying and like when I was you know 19 years old living in in Los Angeles by myself like it was something I felt very proud of because people here weren't doing stuff like you, that. You made it to the big city, exactly. kid. Exactly, that's what they thought. And I'm like, I'm starving over here. I weigh yeah. 120 pounds cuz I can't yeah. afford to feed myself. Yeah, dude, I've always said that as a joke like the big city cuz like you know, Knoxville's a small city. Yeah. But it it's just always so funny to be like it's the big city, kid. And one of the girls uh that was working on this set the past few weeks, uh she's from Kentucky. And she was like, I was just talking to her and she's like, yeah, then I moved to the big city. I was like, did you use that in a real scenario? I was like, oh my God, you're a unicorn. Yeah. (laughs) The big city. Uh, But that's also what film school did you go to? Uh, Carolina Film Institute is the name of it gotcha. in Greenville, South Carolina. Right it's on. not there anymore. It's a sister school of Seattle Film Institute, which is Mont. much bigger. See, Mon's not there anymore either. Yeah. I think all of them got shut down, actually. Yeah, probably. So the Seattle yeah. one is still there, the one in Seattle. And so they tried to have an yeah. East presence because at the time, mm-hmm. North Carolina, Louisiana had good tax incentives. So yeah. they were like Leatherheads was the big movie that mm-hmm. was filming, the George Clooney yeah. football movie or yeah. whatever. It was in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, One Tree Hill was still going on. So Wilmington was a big studio city. So they were trying to get a presence on the East Coast. There's a bunch of studios going to Indiana, too. I I didn't know that. Yeah. Did they get good tax incentives? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, or in Georgia. It's getting saturated, too. Yeah, it definitely. They say that's that's why we have Sam in Knoxville now. Yeah, Sam Thomas, the producer of this podcast. Shout out, Sam. Wasn't trying to, you know, I wasn't trying to brown nose or anything. No, I love, I love that. I love that dude. I, uh, I actually, last night I got to go and watch him at work in the studio. Um, I bet it's madness or or actually, I don't know. Knowing Sam that he's so like calm, cool and collected. He's so chill dude. And the, yeah. And do you know Garrett sale? William Wilde? Do you know 
that, that sounds familiar. Look him up when you leave here. William Wilde is is uh, his his band's name on on Spotify. He's got some amazing stuff. Word. Um, but he's a Knoxville guy. He went to Bearden, and, and he's got this studio off of Fifth Avenue, uh, over uh, near Magnolia, like in yeah. Park Ridge, next yeah. to Caswell Park, and all that. Gotcha. And Sam was tracking a, a group last night, and I went over there and. Uh, Hung out for a couple hours, drank a couple beers, and watched him. Watched Hell him hard yeah. at work. And uh, dude, Sam is such a pro, dude. It, like watching those artists talk talk to Sam and like, hey, what if we do this? And yeah. He's like, that's that's great. It's, it's extra work. We can yeah. do it that way if you want to, but we could just well, do it. Like this. Yeah, and I mean, he he's a music <laughs> twenty producer. years pro. Yeah, he's a music producer, four time Grammy award winning music, like music producer. And you would never know that unless mm-hmm. like because like he's, he won't tell you. No, he won't. But then like you get to talking to him because like we we were on set. Uh, for just like a half day job. And that was the first time I actually got to, like I've met Sam in passing and mm-hmm. like we follow each other on Instagram, like each other's stuff. But that was the first time I really got to talk to him. And he was just telling me about like living in Atlanta and like being an R&B like producer, like winning Grammys and shit like that. I was yeah. like, holy cow. You remember, I've got hoes. I've got hoes. Oh yeah, yeah, Different yeah. area codes. Yeah. He recorded that. That's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, Sam is uh, other than some devoted listeners and the Patreon crowd. Uh, Sam is probably the the one of the only people who listens to every single episode of South of Scruffy <laughs> because he mixes them all because he has to because yeah. he has to. Yeah. No, he 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 doesn't have to. So I really appreciate him him doing it. But yeah. he's been great to bounce stuff off of and like just just like such a pro man. Well, dude, the first time I met him, he was acing. Yes. Like what the hell? Yeah. You um, like Well, he he learned how to AC in about a week exactly. and, he, and he's better than, you know, 90% of the ACs yeah. I know. Yeah, Forsey's the only one that tops him. Well, yeah, yeah, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. We got to get Dylan Forsey to come in here. Dude, I had no idea that he had like a like a production company in Chattanooga. Yeah. But I think Charity is doing a shoot with him and yeah. that kid hustles. He does. Dude, he was telling me a story about getting robbed trying to buy a uh trying to buy a laptop in off of Craigslist uh, pulled into this apartment complex in Atlanta. And these four dudes just get out of a big black suburban and him and his brother and his dad are in the car and there were shots fired. Jesus shot, Christ. Shot out the shot out the window of the car. His dad oh. thought he had gotten shot and they just took like 1500 bucks from Dylan. There was no computer ever in play at all. They just robbed him. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Holy hell. I know. That's wild. Isn't that nuts? Good God. <laughs> Don't buy a MacBook Pro off of uh, yeah. Craigslist My in God. Atlanta. Apparently not. Yeah. But I, I'd love to, to hear him sit down in here and, and yeah, tell some he, stories like that. Because well, he's also one of those guys that's like pretty quiet. Like, yeah, you know, you, very quiet. Yeah. And so to hear like, oh, yeah, this one time I you know, kind of got shot at yeah. when I was trying to buy a laptop. He's like, hold on, speak up. What was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I heard something crazy come yeah, out of your yeah. mouth. Uh, it sounded like you said you got shot at. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, that's 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 nuts, though. That that's is crazy. Yeah. That's the kind of stories I'm after on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to hear. Sorry, I've never been shot at. You haven't? Let me go back through my, my catalog. Do you have any guns? Are you a gun guy? I, yeah. 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 Like, uh, I guess for my 21st birthday... Uh, so my dad grew up on Cedar Bluff, like when it was okay. a dirt road, basically. Right. His uh, his dad was like a farmhand and a mechanic. Gotcha. The lady let him let them stay on that road or on that on the farm um, 
for free if he took care of like the cattle. But oh, then he cool. also had a day job as a mechanic. But he, my papa, had a bunch of guns. Like he was the guy. Like he was super skeptical. Like had a gun under his pillow at all times. Yeah. And, like armed with like the that. teeth. And so then when my dad kind of you know moved out, um, he never really had guns, but he always saw papa like trading them. And then when I was twenty one, I was like, I, I think I want to just like go shoot a gun. Like I've never really shot a gun. Like. I've shot a shotgun. At 21, you'd never shot a gun? I shot a shotgun mm. a couple times, pellet gun, B, you know, BB guns all the time, but yeah. not like a real gun. And so my dad is the type of dude that whenever he gets into something, it is a problem. Like, yeah. he gets into it. And yeah. so as soon as I said that, he was like, oh, yeah, here's the one that we'll get you. He's like, I did all this research last night, and so here's the one that we'll get you. And then he starts sending it, like, and then he's the, he'll just send me pictures like with no context, yeah. just pictures. And so then – Next day, you know, 44 Magnum, like Dirty Harry gun. And then like 1911s, like He's had guns showing up. And then he, yeah, because uh, then another guy I went to high school with owns a, a gun shop off just over uh, Black Oak Ridge in North mm, Knoxville. Yeah. Um, Crossroad Firearms. Um, and so my dad just walks in, starts talking, and like, oh, you're Bo's dad. And he's like, oh, yeah, you went to high Okay, that's cool. And uh and so then he just becomes friends with whoever owns the shop of the thing he's into. And then they're like, Hey, here's what you really want to get. Yeah. And then so for a minute there, my dad was just getting guns and then he got us like a big, like safe in the garage and he was doing that. And then he got into like, kind of like trading them out for other guns, things like that. And then it like, he does, he'll do things for like two years and then he just kind of like dips off. And cause then he sold everything off. Like he, he's got a couple now. But, uh, Found a new interest. And something then, to keep. Yeah, and then he got into cars. So, uh -huh. Yeah, like, he does that guitars. Um, well, I've noticed that you know yeah. a lot. You know a good deal about cars. You know a mm -hmm. good deal about guitars too. And that, yeah, that, Are you a guitar guy. Yeah, no, um, big guitar guy. I remember uh, you talking to somebody. I forget what, they were, they were playing like Les Paul or something, mm -hmm. and or talking about their Les Paul. Mm -hmm. And you're like, "What year is it?" And like, oh, sixty four. Did you get the black or the uh, sunburst? <laughs> And I was like, what? That's, well, see, it's, it's like the same, like throughout all the interest, it's like you just, if you know the vocabulary, you mm -hmm. can have a conversation with somebody. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's like from when I was a little kid, it's always been like music. So drums, guitar. I played bass because everybody needs a bass player, but nobody plays bass. Sure. And so that's how I got in, into that. And then, but I've always, I was a big drummer growing up. And mm -hmm. I was like, to play drums now, you have to have like a room dedicated to it, and you're gonna annoy or a, lot a of neighborhood. People. Yeah, because yeah. man, you can hear it f six miles. houses down. And so instead, I'd like to just pick up a guitar now and play. And so that, and then cars, uh, building stuff, and like art has always been like I guess do you collect art. Yeah, I do. I actually have I have more art than I can hang in our apartment uh and like the, i literally well and like, you guys you, you have the airbnb too right have yeah you, have you filled that place up too? no because then i don't get to see it ah, <laughs> so you don't hang it at your yeah. properties well dude and that was one really cool thing about the school i went to was that we it was it the was nashville? not yeah it, the uh, art institute in nashville yeah. they had everything so it, they had audio production graphic design 3d mod, like uh, i guess like 3d animation uh fashion interior design all these things and they would put on like an, uh, an art market. Mm. And so the graphic designers mostly, but anybody that wanted to enter to it would just set up a booth. And so it'd be like woodblock prints that they made yeah. or, you know, gra like graphic prints that they make. And dude, I loved it because it was just like, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks for that. 
And then it's just like this really cool picture of a, like a really cool, like vector picture of a bee. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I love that. And so, and like some dudes did graffiti and they made like little graffiti stickers. Um, but yeah. And so I, I, that's how I really got into it. And it's like, when you think about art, like collecting art, you always think of like the Thomas Crown Affair or something like that. You have like these really popular paintings that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and things like that. But I really, really, really love paying $20 for a print from like a, a graphic designer that I follow on Instagram mm. and just being having that. Cause like, yeah, that's what my office wall is filled with. Like Draplin. Dra- I have a bunch of Draplin stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin Helton from status. Mm. Um, he does a lot of stuff for the dead. Got to get his ass on here, dude, please. He I is have been, such a cool I have dude been, too. I, I know. I love have you, it. Have you asked him? Yes, I have been, <laughs> I have been bugging the shit out of him Dude, for a year to come on here. He is done, like he's made posters for everybody. I know, but I have uh, I have a bunch of his uh, DKNG out in LA. I have a bunch of their stuff. They did uh, they did like a, a line with a uh, Moog, like mm, the, key, yeah. the keyboards. Yeah, they're in Asheville, right? Ash- Asheville, Asheville. Yeah, the Moog Museum is. Oh, in- the Moog. Mu- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant the the studio that made that print. Uh, but no, I think they're in LA. But they did they did three different posters with Moog uh, as uh, kind of like a fundraiser mm. got uh, those. And like, they, they, I don't know. They, those guys are super cool. They have a really, really unique style. And uh, I don't know. Anytime I see a print, cause there's also another, like we go to Asheville a lot. That's where charity's parents are. And so we'll go walk around and there's a really, really awesome art store called like, or just kind of a like art a, collective a booth spot. Uh, yeah. But, booths. but they have a, no, well, no, it's, it's a store. Uh, but it's kind of, uh, it's right off the main road, like, uh, next to like the theater and everything on that main road in Nashville, downtown Nashville, yeah. uh, called, uh, horse and hero. Ah. And, uh, so it's, but it's, it's kind of the same thing from when I was in college. It's local artists. Cool. Just bring their stuff in there and like, and like, it's only one person running the store, but they'll, you know, send them prints and be like, here, yeah, hang it up here. Yeah. And then it's the same thing. You know, you pay 30 bucks for prints or whatever. And it's uh, like, Having art like that has always been interesting to me. I started paying attention to that tier of of art around uh, exit through the gift shop. Oh yeah, the, uh, the shepherd uh, yeah, shepherd fairy, fairy and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Banksy yeah film. I didn't know there was such a subculture around that stuff. Well, and then, dude, the, like you know, those guys were like installation artists. Then, like, if you get to know any like graffiti artist, there's mm-hmm. a whole other uh, like. Um, I guess, what am I trying to say? Like there's a whole other like a niche, s- niche of it. And yeah. like they all, it, it's, it's wild to like hear about like some of the stories they have, but then also just like the way that they know what's good and what's not. And just cause yeah. you know, a lot of like, if you, especially living downtown, you see like the train go by and you see a bunch yeah. of stinko panda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you see that, you see all those, like the names and like they start to, blend together but when you actually have somebody that knows what they're talking about you're like yeah. oh wow actually yeah i see what you're saying you you get to pick up on the uh pick up on like the nuances of it yeah well and the crazy thing about graffiti graffiti and i talked to curtis glover about this is like this guy that are, is one of the most talented people i've ever met no shit man like it is he's unbelievably insane. talented and and he's like some you know just like burly Dude, he's you know? like he's six five yeah. easily. He, he was over here Saturday night, yeah, hanging out, and I was just like, "How does this? How does this beautiful art come out of you? you? Yeah, you look <laughs> like you should be on. Like you said, you were watching the Football Tennessee game, game with me. Yeah. Like you should be playing linebacker right now. Like <laughs> exactly. what the hell? Yeah, 
But no, dude, he, yeah. But, he, he, but it's like these guys are famous graffiti artists, but they're committing a felony every time, <laughs> yeah. every time they do their work. Exactly. You know? Because they're, you know, a lot of times defacing stuff. Yeah. Um, but see, but see, it, th- there is that. But then also there is a community that like watches out for buildings because there are quote unquote unspoken rules. So like you don't paint schools, churches, places of religion at all. And if somebody does it. it, you go back and and like and uh, what they call buff it. And so you paint over it with whatever the paint, like try to match the paint color as best as possible. Like there is there is like a code of conduct with them. It's not just that's like, good. They're not just a bunch of criminals out exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. And because um, you know a lot of it is trains, uh, just because the trains travel around. So it, it you like the guys here on the east coast really like to see things from the west coast. Mm. And like because they you know they're all in crews. And, but it's, it's another super interesting subculture. I don't know how we got onto that one, but that. Well, you're art collecting. That's, art that's collecting how we got there. <laughs> we got yeah. Street art, exit mm-hmm. through the gift shop. But yeah, because yeah. I, I had the same kind of thought process of like, oh, you're just like messing people's shit up. Like, yeah. But no, that they, they, they'd like to protect things that shouldn't be defaced, you know? Yeah. And well, Curtis was telling me that they, that he puts like layers and layers of stuff to protect his yeah. work. So well, it doesn't get tagged um, by a bunch of high schoolers. Well, uh, there was, I guess in artist alley, one of his pieces in artist alley and off market square, Very strong, strong alley. Yeah. I think, uh, I think somebody dumped some paint on it, like just a whole bucket. And I remember seeing that and he, like he posted it and everybody was like, Oh dude, I hate that for you. What are you going to do? He's like, trust me, I've put enough layers of protective, like protective things on this right thing. Off. Like, we're we're going to buff this and then we'll, uh, and then we'll just hit, hit it with more protective stuff and it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. His stuff's all over the place. Dude, he has painted most of downtown Knoxville. Mm-hmm. I think he's on a conquest to do yeah. it all. Cause he's got, uh, like the dream bikes one, the mm-hmm. one literally right down the road from it. Um, that's uh, the back of, I think it's actually the back of blue in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just did the rooftop. Yeah, uh, at, at uh, what's it called? Uh, Embassy. Embassy Suites, yeah. which is a badass rooftop that to go is. have a drink. It is. And that wall's huge. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. They have a pool up there. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have a pool? We're in Knoxville. I know. Why do you have a pool on a rooftop? What else do you have coming up? Are you working on anything? Uh, right now I'm actually d- doing a lot more motion graphic stuff now, too. Oh, nice. Um, I See, I, I came to you through that, like... That that's how I, I knew you as as a um, as like an After Effects kind of really. I mean, that's what I knew you to do at first. I mean, we worked on one bag and you're out together. Like yeah, that, that yeah. thing. And I was like, these graphics are these motion graphics are good. Like, oh, dude, I appreciate that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. So back to the company I, I worked for uh, at the time. It was Jow Prowl, mm-hmm. J O Productions. Uh, it turned into Draft, mm-hmm. and then that's on um, and. Like I said, there wasn't really a spot for me. Yeah. I, and I was trying to just You seem force like a good myself. cultural fit over there, though. Oh, yeah. Young, I do. young I'll, dude I'll, like, I'll, likes to likes cool shit. Yeah. I, and I still – I love all those dudes. Yeah. Uh, Alex, Blake, Carson, all those guys. They're amazing. And they taught me most of what I know. And But there was no like spot for me because they already had multiple shooters and editors, mm-hmm. which is what I've been studying. Like, that's what I've been yeah. training. And so I was like, all right, whatever I need to do. And I would take in like, – my mom's a graphic designer, so oh, I've been cool. interested in graphic design for a long time. Like when I was going to school, I was like, "Do I want to do graphic design or film?" Mm. And um, finally decided on film. But I've always like kept a foot in graphic design, mm-hmm. and so whenever I noticed they didn't have a graphic designer, I was like, "Hey, what if I 
do design for y'all. And so that's actually what I became at draft. That's how you got, your, got a job. Well, it was, uh, that, and, but like also how I your was internship like, turned into a, yeah, it yeah. was like my, well, my intern, they hired me on as a production assistant at first, kind of the mm-hmm. exact same thing you did. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I got and like, you know, charity likes to brag on how I can pack a box truck mm-hmm. is from that. Really? I, we had a Toyota Highlander that we packed all our gear into. Oh, and wow. I got, I had that, I had it Tetris down master. to a millimeter mm-hmm. and they're throwing in the Kinos on the left side mm-hmm. then put some bags on t- Like I, I knew every inch of that car and uh, how to pack it. But yeah. And so from there I learned, I was like, if you know, how, like if you can do multiple things, that's, what's going to get you a lot of work. It seems like uh, I've seen it go that direction where at, when I got started in yeah. like the, the, the dawn of film and into digital as yeah. far as like the space we work in, which is commercial yeah, a lot. Um, I, I, I noticed that people, got respected more if they just did one thing. Like I'm not a, I'm not a colorist and an editor and a shooter. Yeah. Like I'm just a colorist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I think it, it is a major advantage to be able to do a lot of things with 80% proficiency. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or 90% proficiency. For sure. Cause like, uh, most people, or I guess back in the day it was like, you had, you really like to be a colorist, you're doing it on film. So like, there was a lot of yeah. It was a there, lot harder. There was no room for error there, so right. you had to know exactly what you're doing. You couldn't. But now, up. but now you're just moving sliders yeah. on, on things, and so it's, it's non-destructive. Exactly. It's like, no, yeah. I, I can't mess this up. Exactly, and so uh, which is great. And then also you have a bunch of uh, uh, resources like Skillshare. And <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm unfamiliar. Unfamiliar. <laughs> um, but yeah, Skillshare, YouTube, like all these things. Yeah. Um, that teach you like how to do it. Mm-hmm. And because it is so accessible now, instead of like, now you don't have to mix chemicals to like bring out like colors and film and things exactly. like that. So, um, but yeah, so I noticed if I am just more of like a putty or, you know, like I'm malleable in what yeah. I can do for them, Fifth. that's what the, they're going to hire me for that. Sure. And then I can learn what I want. And cause you know, all these guys have been in the business for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Um, fresh out of college. I just need to learn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So, cause that's, I'm, I, that's what gave me the confidence to go freelance was now I know I can do a lot of things. I know a lot of people in the production community because of like, uh, charity, Marianne Canada, Chris Imagine. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people because of them, they'll get me jobs. Uh, the three most badass chicks around. I like, way. seriously, they are just the hardest working women ever. Absolutely. Liz Gray, like all of them, Liz Dunlap, that like that discovery crew is badass. Rock stars. Seriously. And then also pop fizz badasses. Thanks. And man. so, uh, like I just knew knowing those people and them liking me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because like wow. a lot of production is like, all right, you're really good at your job, but you're kind of annoying to be around but this guy is 80% proficient at what he does. And, and a he, lot of fun. And he and he likes to hang out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm probably going to hire that guy. It's crazy. You know? Because and that's a new thing, too. Like, that's new guard. That's, like, it doesn't matter. It, it used to be, like, I feel like doing the job was the only thing that mattered. If you... If you were good at the job, you would get hired. Yeah. But ever since it got really saturated, the film mm-hmm. business did in particular, it's like now I get to choose from, you know, five different people. And I'm going to choose the one who, 
you know, maybe number three in line of talent, but the he's one number that's one. Meet out back for a safety meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meet me on the grip truck. Might fail a drug test, but you know what? He's a, he's a damn good <laughs> yeah. time to hang out with. Who's going to pass a drug test in this in this crowd? <laughs> yeah, nobody. Exactly. But uh, but yeah. So and like that's for Pop Fizz. I've done. I've worn a lot of hats, and so have you. Like that whole team does a thousand different things. I was against it at first. Were you really? Oh yeah. I I told. I came to work for Brian Allen. Yeah, yeah. I came to work for Brian Allen, and I was like, I think it's really cute what you're doing over here. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm. (laughs) I'm very grateful for the job, and I appreciate it. But this is a bad idea. You know that, right? Yeah. And we've tripled in size, and you know. And revenue and all Dude, that. Dude, y'all stay busy right and there. you do cool shit. Yeah, like, it's that's fun. It's like a lot of the most fun things I've got to do have been with Pop Fizz. Like, uh, and I, I don't know. Like, it's also been like, it's it's kind of one of those things where you fake it till you make it. Because like yeah. whenever on you're talking about one bag and you're out, I directed and edited and did the motion graphics for it. I had no business doing like doing any of that. Do, but, uh, I had no just, business directing. Like yeah. I can, I know I can edit and I can do motion graphics. I've never directed anything before. Yeah. Like you're like, I could barely talk to people in high school. Now you're asking me to like tell this actress how to like yeah. react to things. She's like, got 300,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Like <laughs> what, what am I doing? And, but it was like, but BA like, dude, like even the owner of the company, Ryan Allen, yeah. who is normally a director, came in and ran camera for us. Yeah. Like, and that's what I respect most about him and Pop Fizz as a whole. Like everybody there is there to make it happen. Yeah. It's they're not, egoless. they're not, they're not going to scoff at like, Oh, you want me to cam up? Yeah. <laughs> no, thank well, you. Well, that's the attitude I came in with. Was, was like, <laughs> you were was a like, dick. I, I must've been. Am I still a dick? Oh, you're actually pretty cool. All right, yeah. We should hang out. More. Uh, we should. <laughs> But but I, I I was worried I was worried that the that the old way was the way and the only way which yeah. is you do this thing you do it well and you know yeah only, and then you do it till you die <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. but no like sometimes sometimes you got to go I mean I've operated camera for you yeah you know before and I, I'm happy I love yeah. I love dude, playing second fiddle to anybody dude I swear probably the hardest I've ever laughed on set was. Uh, I think you, you, this is when you really got into ADing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ben, what? Like, you hadn't had a camera in your hands in a while. And he goes, and you say, have you seen my work? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, good point. <laughs> That's it. If there's nothing else on set that you do, you you make people laugh and feel comfortable. Like, and, good. dude, like it. I always love to be on set with you. It's well, great. I'm I'm glad that uh, that Pop Fizz thinks having a a, a jester on set <laughs> is is valuable. But then also, you know, you learn valuable things like firemen don't run. Exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Man, thank you for for doing it. Is there anything okay, else? No problem. Um. I have no idea. I feel like, has that seriously been, how long have we been? an doing? hour and some change. Dude, we, dang, that was fast. You want to come back and do it again sometime? Absolutely. We need to hang out more. We do need to hang out yeah. more. I wish you'd have mentioned that. A li- should we do a live one for Marie's? We can. Holy crap. Dude, me and Sam have got the, uh, have are working out the uh, the live video switching thing. Yeah. There's a go live button on that bad boy. We no can put it on way. YouTube live. We can put it on Facebook live. We can do it. Coming once COVID ends. <laughs> South of Scruffy live from Marie's. <laughs> You're take, on to something. Yeah. We take 15 minute breaks to do karaoke. Yeah. It, no. And smoke a cigarette. <laughs> smoke a cigarette inside. 
Oh, dude, yeah, no, I'd love to come back. Like, I feel like let's do it. We had so much more to talk about. We do. Oh yeah, we will save it for another time. We'll do it again. All right, we're gonna go have a safety meeting. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) How was it, guys? How'd we do? Thought it was pretty great. Love Bo. I'm glad he stopped by. Thank you guys for for being here and thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash south of scruffy. There's a few different ways to support us there. We really appreciate it as we start to get up on this uh, video podcast game that we've got coming your way. And we've got a bunch of new gear and all that. And uh, you guys have helped us do that. The Patreon crowd has, and we appreciate that a lot. Go to uh, Instagram at South of Scruffy. Follow us there. That's a good way to see what's going on. Uh, hit the link in the bio there to go to the link tree where you can see all of the different ways that you can interact with South of Scruffy. There's merch there. Uh, there's a website link, which is southofscruffy.com. Check that out. That's where you can get all the info, what we got coming up. I appreciate you guys for being here. Thanks so much. Mr. Matt Honkinen, play me out.